Hello, everyone, and welcome into today's edition of the Broadway Bulletin. We've got some great theater to unpack in this episode, so let's get to it. To start off, we visited the Tony Kaiser Theater for the first time, where we saw Second Stage Theater's production of Letters to Shiresh. So, this was a really interesting show. Yeah. I... Look, I buy tickets all the time for us to see shows. Really not thinking about, like, what is it about? Like, I might read a brief synopsis every now and then, but sometimes with a lot of theater companies, I'm just like, sure, whatever. A minor theater company, Second Stage Theater, you know, MCC, MTC, great, done. Whatever you got. I've never seen something I didn't like. This is one of those. And I was like, I don't I don't know what we're getting into. Um, and I really like this. It showed the struggle to connect with one another and the battle to express, like, one's own self, which I really appreciated. These people, all these characters, and even the ones that maybe we didn't see, um, really struggled to communicate, mm-hmm. to talk to each other, to talk to themselves, to talk to other people in their lives. Um, and then, you know, of course, as you got to know these characters, they struggle with being themselves or saying how they truly feel. It was mm-hmm. very open and honest. Um, and I love that the show is basically all monologues. Right, because they weren't actually like connecting with each other, just like they weren't in the script. Yeah. Which was great. Um, for me, I was a little hesitant about the story um, at first, um, and that's because the show started the way that I expected something with a title like Letters to Shresh to start. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is, we're going to be, it's one of those kind of shows. Okay. Um, but then after we started getting into it, I was like, oh, this is not your typical, you know, letter correspondence play. Um, and I loved it. It was an, an unexpected tale that was really, could have happened on any old Tuesday. Um, <laughs> There's a phrase I haven't heard in a while. Right. Um, but it really just helped play into that fact that this story is so incredibly human. Mm-hmm. And it's so mundane, yet so extraordinary. And that's what makes it human. Because human yeah. existence is mundanely extraordinary. Yeah. I love how well established all these characters were. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, uh, they all seem natural. They all seem like someone you just sit and meet on the train or something like that. But then at the heart of it, they were all just like really established, fully realized characters. You didn't get to know their full story, but I guarantee if we ask any of those actors, they know the full story. Right. Or like the fact that we got to see Shiresh grow through his letters and Mm -hmm. through his monologues, I guess. Yeah. Um, That was like... There were moments where I'm like, yeah, you are not a nice person. And then I was like, oh, no, learning happened. Yay, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, wait, how do I have this strong of a connection? Right. And it was only a 90-minute show, too. Yeah. So to get that involved and invested in these people's lives, like, in a 90-minute span was kind of like, oh. The set was really impressive. Uh, yes. I have to mention that because when we walked into the theater, it reminded me of a, our college theater. Yeah. Our bigger of the two theaters, it still is a black box theater, if you will. Um, and so, of course, I saw the set, and I was like, okay, so it's a black box set, no big deal. And then it starts, set, like, the whole thing starts to move and pivot and that, and I was like, holy mm-hmm. hell. Well, and the projections were yeah. all, like, 
origami paper and the projections and I was yeah. like, wow, no, this is an impressive set. And I love the ending. I don't want to give it away, but the ending was what I wanted. Yeah. That's what we needed. It was the cherry on top. It was the perfect button. Um, I think that really just to kind of summarize what the show is about is we're all reaching for something to mean something impactful and maybe it's us who make the impact and not the things we're searching for. So um, this show sadly played its final performance on October 24th. Next, we head just around the corner to the Broadhurst Theater, where we saw the rocking and groundbreaking show, Jagged Little Pill. Oh, uh, Jagged Little Pill. I was nine years old again, and I was <laughs> listening to the Lattice Morissette CD on my brother's yellow boombox. Now, um, it was such a powerful and important show. This is important, I feel like it needs to be said. Everyone already knows the music. Which is great, but the story is so important. I love the gender message. Mm-hmm. I loved all the... I don't want to give everything away, but I, all the messages. I wanted to highlight the gender message because um, it's everywhere that exists, not only in the show, but in the theater and the playbill and everything, but the rest of it that exists within the show, the other subject they touch, the subject matters they touch on, it's so important. Well, and at first, I thought this show was going to try to touch on all of the big hot-button issues that are happening right now. And I was like, come on, guys. You have to, like, there's too many big things to just, you know, and try to do all of them. All. And then they tied it all together, yep. and it all made perfect sense, and I I loved it. We're, we're going to try to breeze through this one purely because there's so much to unpack, and we need to do it in, in a full episode because yes. this show... 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yes, um, it's impactful, it's relevant. The lighting. The music, it's the, all incredible. Well, go back to the lighting real quick. It's incredible. It was a mix of a Broadway show at moments with the projections and everything, but then also full-on rock concert. Mm-hmm. You know, the lights coming out in the audience and everything. I thought that was great. And yeah, the music and the arrangements, Tom Kitt, bravo. You know, like, that was... The inter- reinterpretation of Alanis Morissette's song, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I love that. Right, well, and the songs drove the plot, um, which is appreciated in a jukebox musical. Which we mentioned uh, last episode of the episode before, one of the two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, well, I just think it's important, you know, especially with a show like this where it's a, a concept based on, like an artist's work rather th- it's kind of like you know American Idiot it's kind of it's it's a story that's trying to make a story out of the music so yes. how do you use the music impactfully yes, yes. you know and they did an excellent job um, the choreography was different and very impressive yeah it, it, it reminded me of Bollywood or, or some Indian form of dancing to be honest and I loved it I absolutely loved it like it's like nothing I've seen in a Broadway show. And I was like, and they were the Greek chorus. Yeah. And, and they were in, 
physicalizing what was being said. And I was like, this yes. is amazing. Well, and the actors who were playing the leads were definitely, I mean. Heidi ha- Blankenstaff is amazing. Oh my God. Freaking powerhouse. Between her and Stephanie J. Block, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm absolutely happy. She was incredible. Look, Lauren Patton, I understand she won the Tony. And, and don't get me wrong, she was amazing. Yes. But Heidi Blankenstaff, Ugh. I was living for her. I was like, you, she took me on an honest to God journey. And she was her ultimate self, you know, and I couldn't have asked for more from her. Um, Again, I don't want to give too much away, but the first act, the end of the first act made me so mad. I was being vocal in my disapproval. Not that like I, it it was, it, it wasn't the performance or anything. Like I wasn't mad at the, the show itself. It was the subject matter that was being said. And I think that's the point of the. Mm-hmm. The show, but I was like super pissed off and super upset with it. You can vouch for this, mm-hmm. um, but by the end of the show, I felt like I was in a better place, and I was like, okay, that that that's better. That's the message that needs to be said. Because yeah, at the end of that first act, I was like, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Well, and the not to, I don't want to give it away, um, but there's this scene that goes by that talks about like kind of the crisis that happens in the show, um, and the way that that is portrayed. Um, is just it's breathtakingly they, they address, honest. They address two powerful issues in the most artistic and powerful way. Yes. It gets the point across and marry that with the music and it's... Well, and it's, it took you there with them. Yeah. You felt the intensity. The last thing I want to mention, and look, we could. there's two ways you can talk about this. In a very negative way or in a positive way. And I want to mention this as a positive way. Broadway has been dark for 18 months. We've been without our live theater for that long. And we're finally getting it back. And it's incredible. We're all very excited about it. That being said, we are not out of the woods yet. This pandemic is not over and it's still raging. Um, But we are lucky to have our live theater back. And, and us in the theater to have our work back and the ability to welcome audiences and put performances on for them. Well, that being said, there are safety precautions that are, are required in order to do this. You were told ahead of time, you know, you have to be vaccinated and, prevent, and provide proof of your vaccination. You have to wear a mask, all that jazz. Uh, in the middle of our second act, a patron was removed from the show because she was not wearing a mask. And I want to applaud the entire staff at the Broadhurst Theater because they did their best to remove this patron in such a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, least disruptive way as possible. Now, she went kicking and screaming in the middle of a very um, tender and, and dramatic and poignant scene. Um, but she was just yelling and screaming and she was trying to make a scene and the the staff was doing their base to control her and contain the situation and just usher her out as quick as possible but what I loved is the audience wasn't standing for it people were trying to shush her people were telling her to be quiet they weren't having it the actors kept going on but what I loved is she thought she was you know the martyr if you will and everybody else in that theater was like I'm not losing this again 
these are the rules. This is how we get to keep this light in our life. Mm. If you don't want to get on the board with this, that's fine. You don't have to be a part of it. You have an option. You have a choice. So, I'm, again, I look at this as a positive. It's everyone uniting for a common good to keep this art form that we love around. So, hats off to the all the staff at the Broadhurst Theater for keeping us safe, keeping Broadway the lights on, keeping us all protected. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, tickets for Jagged Little Pill at the Broadhurst Theater are currently on sale through July 3rd, 2022. That concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Tune in uh, to our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. Until next time, I'm Hope Bird. And I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phone. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. Don't be like that lady. (laughs) (laughs) And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blues by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by The Good Louds and Billy Murray. <laughs> <laughs>